This is the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott at Akron Jackson at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms at A to Z podcast.com at Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Give us a like over there. Shouts as always to scene to the honeymoon grill to American fireworks for helping to make this thing happen for you guys for helping it to grow. Um, if you're new here, first, welcome. Second, uh, we like to give this disclaimer. We get excited. We say four-letter words. We venture into mature slash immature subjects. So if that's not for you, uh, or if you're in a work environment, if there are kids around, put on your earbuds or come back Don't nobody go to time. work no um, more. Everybody work at home. Don't even got to say that part. Don't nobody work at home. Work nowhere. I don't know. I think people are going back to work. I, I, I was caught behind a school bus today for the first time in eight months. I was cussing like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back is the reality, right? Those buses, hey, those may not even be running in three weeks the way this is going. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, yeah. So Hey, but we got sports. We got sports, and we got NFL football in two days. Uh, the Browns start in five days, but in two days we're going to have NFL kickoff. You know, Dre, I, I don't want to say I doubted it. Um, I obviously had reservations. I had, you know, wondered how it was going to go, if it was going to go on time. You know, everything is a negotiation. Um, everything has a business side, a political side, however you want to frame it. You know, um, things went to the to the last minute. You know, football and the NFL in general, they had time on their side, right? When when everything shut down in March, they they had time, and then all of a sudden. We were into mid-July, and it wasn't happening. So it was really weird to be at camp early on with no fans and, you know, three weeks later than usual. Like, does this feel real? Um, it still doesn't feel, I guess, 100% like a first week of football, right? But you've been back. I mean, the Indians have played 40 games. The NBA is almost down to its final four teams. They've been, you know, they gathered back in July. So uh, we can almost – almost say it's different it's gonna be different but we can almost say sports are back yeah i mean to the point that this is what sports are going to be for a while um you know i had somebody pretty high up in in baseball rankings say to me last night before our game he was kind of like um so you ready for this to be our normal next year too yeah and and i was kind of like what and he was just like well he's like i don't know anything but i wouldn't be surprised either if all of next season goes the way this season has gone, or if not half of it goes this way, just because of how things are going. And it just was one of those, not shock. There's not much that can shock you anymore. You know what I mean? When it comes to talking and dealing um, with 2020, but it was eye opening as I got ready to do the game. I remember it was kind of stuck in my head, like, man, maybe this is the new normal. Maybe this is just how, you know, we do things for another, I don't know, six months, 12 months, 18 months. Well, I mean, are 30 baseball teams going to have doors open if there's no fans next year? <laughs> right. I mean, I can tell. I can say this. I know, like, and I don't. I don't want to talk out of turn, but I know that there's a lot of excitement that what 3,000 fans can go to Browns Bengals games, those four games. Yeah, 6,000. I think. Right. Um, right. Yeah, and unofficially, I can tell you that I'm pretty sure the baseball teams are capable of doing that as well. But it's not worth open. It it, it would make no profit. Right. Well, you, yeah, you, know, you have to go through all, all sorts of different protocol and staff and, and the whole deal. Right. 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 And everything that they would have to go through to do it, there's no sense in major league doing it. And that's why playoff-wise, they're just going to bubble it up and yeah. you know, make it a TV thing and, and go from there. Let me ask you this. Now that you've been through training camp and now that we are the week of the game, um, what's the biggest surprise you took from, 
from covering training camp in 2020 when you've covered about, I don't know, 20, 23 of these already? Well, it was the lightest camp I've ever seen. Um, it had it was that way deliberately. You know, the Browns were installing, and I just yeah. think philosophically they were like, we have made it here. We have a long road ahead. We are not going to lose our own guys. And obviously, you know, there were a few incidents, right? Some of them just freak accidents. But you ask around, which I have been doing, reading everything on The Athletic, reading other people, asking coaches, um, operations people, like that's been the norm. You know, a couple teams really went at each other for a couple days. I think at least a couple teams didn't hit at all. The Ravens had a light camp as well. So, yeah, I I mean – let me go back and say this. Like, I, I'm not trying to speak out of school either when I ask that question about baseball, but I think it's a valid question, right? You know, we have yeah. long campaigned right here for the NBA to start on Christmas anyway. Well, here's their chance for one, but for two, like, what can they – are they going to have to be three bubbles when the next NBA season starts with 30 teams? Right. You know, I, I can't imagine that they'd be playing in Cleveland one night and playing in Chicago the next. I, I just can't. Yeah, I, I don't see that in six months. Yeah, so, again, you know, we're not doctors. Um, We're just angry, fat old men from Akron. But these are – look, it's going to be super weird. I mean, you've been to Baltimore for football games many times. Everybody wears the jerseys. The stadium is built straight up from the ground, up straight high. It's loud. It's wild. College atmosphere. It's a college atmosphere, and the team is almost always good, so the people are revved up, Right. There's going to be no fans. There's going to be cardboard cutouts. It's going to be different. And like the best thing the Browns got going for them in week one, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, from a football strategy standpoint, Dre, like nobody's ever heard anything on an NFL field except from a guy you're standing right next to talk, talking shit with or shooting the shit right. with or trying to make you hear, right? Well, are you going to have mm-hmm. to have dummy calls for your audibles and your defensive calls and all that because guys are going to hear everything? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. This so, change the game. Look, look th- there's so much unknown. I mean, I think there's a chance on Sunday that the Browns with a new defense are going to get caught sleeping and the Ravens, probably number eight, is going to run for an 80-yard touchdown. But the Ravens can break the huddle and catch the Browns sleeping, and if they fumble the snap, Sheldon Richardson might pick it up and run 40 yards for a touchdown. Like, no, anybody who tells you they know what's going to happen in these NFL games these first few weeks is full of shit, right? Right, right. I don't know how you bet these games. No. I, like, please, somebody please tell me how you bet week one of this NFL season. I would love to find, and I want to, and I want to see the guys pick Wednesday night, and then I want to see them Monday night after all the games are over. Yeah. I am so curious how betting will go this week. Yeah, it's um, you know, <laughs> there's just so much uh, uncertain. Now, I, I, it was already fourteen nothing by the time I turned it on last night. The BYU Navy yeah. game. But it was right. a completely empty stadium, right? Um, and I guess the explanation is that Army Stadium is on federal uh, land, so the, the soldiers yeah. at West Point can go. But Navy Stadium is on public land, so it's subject to Maryland law, so there was no one there. Um, it was weird, right? And it was a total mismatch, so there I didn't watch it for more than 10 minutes, at least not closely, right? Um, you know, NFL games, there there's not many total mismatches. Look, I'm just going to say this. I think the Browns are in a real bad spot on Sunday for multiple reasons, mostly being that they're so new and that the Ravens aren't. But, like, I truly believe that this is just a preseason game. And as long as the Browns come home and take care of business and get better the next couple of weeks and they play two games they can win, 
then they'll be two and one after three. And what more could you ask for? Yeah, I'm not even going to head that far. I'm. I don't know what to expect. I'm just being blunt. I'm just being blatantly honest. Honest. I don't know what to expect. Um, I just saw that the Indians game got moved up like two hours, which I love because that means that hopefully I can watch more football. Uh, either way, I will be because I'll be in a studio doing a baseball game, which is right. a whole other. Uh, it's a whole other thing to go back and forth. But they've changed the time on Sunday's game with the Twins, which I am absolutely fine with. Which I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, it was originally two ten. Now I think it's going to be like a noon start. Anyway, um, I didn't, I'm trying to recall, think of what the first week of preseason football looks like on that first drive, Zach. And it's not going to be that. It's going to be a little bit more than that. Well. Um, we know in the preseason, yeah. Well, we know in the preseason, Dre, that teams go vanilla, right? You run your yeah. base stuff. Yeah. You just go out there, and obviously these games count in the standings. You're not going to do that, but, but don't you think there's going to be more vanilla basic stuff early, just until your guys can, especially from the new I'll, coaching I'll, staffs, I'll, until yeah. your guys can master yeah, that. Like, irregardless, right? Irregardless yeah. of the game matter counting or not, if you don't know what the, if you don't know if you're left guard. And I'm not, this isn't calling anybody off. This is just this is for every team. If you don't know how your left guard can pull on the boot to the right, or you haven't seen him do it against live competition and seeing whether a running back will get in his way because the timing's off, or whether the center won't block down quick enough and, and trip that guard who's coming around, until you see it, you're going to do the most basic shit that you got in your book Yes. until you see it. How does my line blow off? Are they blowing off the line together? Is one guy slower off the ball than the other? Is one guy quicker? You're like, those are legitimate things that you need to see in a football game on an offensive line to be able to say, okay, we can run this, or we can get into the depth of the seven-step drop or the five. Like, I, I just, I'm, and I'm, and I'm not trying to dumb it down for people, and I'm not trying to scare people because I can't wait till Sunday or Thursday. I am so curious though on on any team, even if you are Baltimore, you know your offensive defense like the back of your hand. If you really haven't gone 100% all out yet, Zach, the first quarter is going to be a, a feeling out matchup like we've never seen before. I'm right. right. Well, let me ask you this, too. How are these guys' bodies going to feel on Sunday night? Oh, oh. You know when they play again? Thursday yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, that ain't right. Yeah. That ain't right. It's not. They, well, it's, they, they should have absolutely right. deleted the, first th- this, the, the week two Thursday game. It's not right. Guys will be limping around till Thursday after Sunday's game. Here's the other thing that I'm worried about. I told the, uh, I told somebody this. I keep thinking of, and as soon as I say this name, your the light bulb's going to go off. I keep thinking about Rodney Poole. We loved Rodney when he came out of Oklahoma. Smart kid, down to earth, athletic as could be. One of those kids that you draft and you say he's so athletic he can play safety. He can play corner in a pinch. He can be on the nickel. He can be on the dime. And he can run down on kickoffs. And what happened on the first kickoff he ran down in in the first preseason game of his rookie year? On the first kickoff of the first preseason game, he got a concussion and he never had an NFL career. He was never the same. Nope. And I bring that up because you have so many guys that have not tackled someone, so many guys that want to prove a point, all legitimate things, all, yeah. so many guys that want to prove they're tough, that they can hit. And they haven't really hit yet. And now you're going to go out there in a real game and start banging heads? Mm-hmm. I fear 
that we get a couple projects, not just the Browns, just in the NFL period, that you're going to get a couple concussions that are so bad, so nasty, that players will never evolve or be the players they should be. And I'm not trying to be the fear factor guy. I love the game. Yeah. I, there's just a reason why preseason football has existed for as long as it has. Sure. Yeah, and, and we know there are financial reasons for that. But we know what the gradual buildup is, right? And we know what most teams yeah. do right now. They have a joint practice where their starters play, and those starters don't play in that preseason game. So their starters have one preseason game where they don't play at all. They have one where they play two series, maybe three, depending on circumstance. And one where they play one half, maybe into the third quarter. So the over four weeks... Over four games, your starters play, adding three games, almost one full game. I mean, wow! when Sunday at 3 o'clock, like, a team that's down 21, Dre, is not necessarily done. Nobody has conditioning. No. Right? No, you're right. You're like, right. And then you worry about the injuries there, too. And, and I really, honestly, I had thought a lot about the Browns' turnaround to the Thursday night game in terms of the roster in terms of J.C. Treader, in terms of those guys, like, you know, you can't really change much. I think it's a huge advantage for the Browns that the rookie quarterback on the other team has to play a game and then really not have a single real practice before he has to play another game. But I honestly had not thought much about how guys' bodies are going to feel and the danger that's going to be involved with that. And, And you get in a situation where you have a guy like Jarvis Landry that's already on a pitch count. A guy like Jarvis Landry, it's tough as hell, would never miss a game if there's any way he can get out of bed. Like, if he has something and you try to hold him back, you know, something minor, like, you're going to face a decision, right, yeah. on, on yeah. these things. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's going to happen with but what, Jarvis, what, but, but – what I know, but what did you say to start this? If these first couple of games are like preseason, and yeah. then you're just going to – and the good teams, you said it, and I agree. The good teams are going to have to understand the pitch counts. The good teams are going to have to realize that the month of September, yeah, it counts, but it, you cannot kill – you can't run your team into the ground before Halloween should be the mantra around NFL, right? Yeah. (laughs) And and unfortunately, if if Jarvis is only – I mean, put it this way. You and I have been around NFL football players when they are allowed to get shot that are illegal now and had prepared in the regular season. And you and I, I know players that could not get out of the bed on on Monday, the day after a Sunday game. Right. That literally could not get out of bed – once the meds were off, I I hope I hope that I hope that we see Jarvis on Thursday. I'll put it out as leave it at that. I hope we do. Sure. I'm excited for the Browns. I'm excited, um, but when we start talking about all the, the human the human nature factors of this, uh, there's just so much to be curious about. But let me ask. All right, 53 man roster. I I'm glim I I'm, I'm gl- I glimpse through things now i don't read all the way through out bit when mm-hmm. it comes to football and i knew not to get too too high too low when the first cuts were made or the final i'm putting quotation marks up on the final you know cut downs were made i know i heard a bunch of people complaining about how many tight ends or whatever but i thought that changed um what's your biggest surprise of the 53-man roster from someone that's covered it and been around it yeah, I don't think there were really any huge surprises, you know. Uh, I will say this. At first, I was surprised they didn't keep a third quarterback because of COVID, but I think the whole theme was, Dre, that they were pretty confident that teams were not going to go out of their way to claim guys, right? Like, there just wasn't tape. Right. 
and every team, even the established ones, are facing this quick turnaround, this trying to get their own guys ready, this dealing with their own issues thing. So, like, you claim a guy on Sunday, he might not be able to get in your building until Wednesday because of COVID protocols. Yeah, you know? good point. You, you, what you like about him is either based on his college career or what little you've seen from him in previous NFL seasons or preseason. You don't know anything about this year, right? Um, right. And I want you to remind me of that because I, I do want to talk a little bit about intelligence and, and things teams have done, okay. you know, in getting ready. But, like, now part of it was the Browns just thought, you know what, if we lose Garrett Gilbert, we lose Garrett Gilbert, <laughs> right? right. The part of it was sure. we are so confident that he's going to come back and he's going to have the exact same role as our third quarterback on the practice squad than he is on the active roster, that we are going to use this other active roster spot to do what we have to do. They did claim two players. Uh, one will be the fourth defensive tackle and will almost certainly have to play this week. One is your fifth defensive end, a guy that was drafted by the Cowboys a year ago and only played in five games. You can never have enough pass rushers. The Browns really don't have any. Guys, they cut Chad Thomas. They didn't keep Chad Thomas on the practice squad. It tells you what they thought of Chad Thomas, right? So Chad Thomas better put out a hot, a hot record for Rick Ross, man. Shit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. All right, let me say this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any personal issue with Chad Thomas. I, he was a bad draft pick, right? He, he was. I, I never heard anyone say he was a bad person, anything. He just – he was a bad draft pick. He was overdrafted, and we know that got to a certain point. John Dorsey's both – Top lieutenants had Miami ties, and in every year they took Miami guys, right? This one didn't work. Right. So they draft Chad Thomas, and it is rookie minicamp. He's doing the standard group interview with everybody. And, you know, frankly, you're you're looking for some sort of story that's outside of the box or unique. Well, I had read about all his music career. I really didn't know about the rap stuff. I was reading a bio where he played nine instruments. I mean, that that's fascinating shit. Like, those are talents that I don't have that you don't Absolutely. have. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So I wait my turn for the interview, and I, I start asking him about this, and he gives a short answer. So I wait a little bit, and I come back, and he gives what was a canned answer, and he says, you know, hey, man, no, no offense, but, you know, that's been a big part of my life, but I'm here to play football, and football is my focus from here on out, and that's what I want to talk about. So I think, okay, that, that's fine, Chad, and, and I totally understand why you would have to say that. So we fast forward a year later, I'm driving down Bagley Road, and I roll up behind this big SUV at a traffic light. Chad Thomas's rap name was Major Nine. You know what his license plate said? Major Nine. Major Nine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the kid is talented. Like, like you said, there is something to being that talented that someone, whether you're into rap music or not, or whether you're into Whatever. Yes. Rick Ross is a pretty well bought out of artist in this day and time. And for a kid coming out of college to already have his name down as, as a producer on a, on a guy that's that big time, that's a hell of a statement. There ain't many people in the country that will ever be able to say that. Now, I yes. asked you, was he a bad draft pick because of who drafted him? Or is he a bad draft pick because he was just a bad draft pick? Yeah, you know, he, he it just didn't click for him. I mean, he is absolutely prototype size as a defensive end. Right. And, and I have no doubt that someone will sign. He'll be playing snaps for someone this year. Uh, right. But, you know, his, listen, he got hurt his rookie year, and it was a wash. And that happens to a lot of guys anyway. Like, that's why, like, going into this year, like, I have a level of optimism for Sione Takitaki because he look. it's just camp, but he looks like a different player. I'm not going to judge him on his rookie year making that jump, right? Yeah. 
but like right. he got to play. Miles was suspended the last six games of the year. Olivier was hurt the last seven or eight games of the year. He got to play. The defense didn't have a chance. Right. <laughs> I felt like Olivier was hurt all year last year. That's yeah. not the eight. I just felt like he was limping from day one. Yeah, and and maybe he was. Um, no, I I don't know. Look, Miles and Denzel. Like if those guys are healthy and available, like I, I I really think this defense has a chance to be better than a lot of people think. I also think this defense has a chance to be god awful terrible. Right? I was about to say, bro, bro, I, I like I like I like listening to you and believing you. But if they don't get no pressure with those front four, I see some long ass days with the names they got in the back seven, man. Yeah, yeah, and like and so that's how, like this offense could get rolling, right? And in the offensive line. It was always going to need time even before they lost this, but they invested heavily with draft picks and with free agency. And they have these two running backs, and now they've extended Kareem Hunt. Like, they could get it rolling, and the play-action game could just do wonders for Odell. Oh, yeah. Or they could have to score 30 to win. Or they could fall behind early and never have any confidence. Like, I, I, don't, know what, yeah. I don't know what to predict, and, and anybody that tells you that they do is, is straight-out lying to you. Full of shit. Like I said, that's why whoever, whoever's putting those betting guys on their shows on Friday – Y'all know who we talking about. Y'all know y'all stealing money from people. And yes. Don't be listening to fat chubby wubby wubby from whoever else yes. trying to get you to call. Yes, that and this goes back four or five <laughs> years. We plead with you guys. When one of these fucking scammers comes on local radio and says, "Buy our package," do not give your money to them. If they were that good at picking football games, they wouldn't be begging for your money. They wouldn't be sharing their picks that are so golden. They are trying to steal from you. My friends in radio don't want me to say that. They get really uncomfortable with me saying that because it's taking money out of their pocket, and I get it. But these are the yeah. facts. These guys are scammers, and they don't know anything more than I know, than Dre knows, than, than anybody knows. He ain't lying. If you want to give somebody some money, buy a six-pack of white cloth for both of us, and we'll just bullshit with you. And you yes. keep the rest of the money that you were going to give to those people. That's all you need to do. We can yes. go on my back porch nowadays. You can buy plenty of space. I'll put my fire pit out. We'll put a TV out. You can, you can just buy all the alcohol, and you'll get a better time than getting that money to those people. Now, in saying that, you see, the Browns are like, I gotta, I'm, I'm optimistic in my own way. Because my, you know, my reach, I heard on the Rizzo show this morning, and I don't know how many people do vote, don't vote, but Riz is my guy, so I listened for a minute. And supposedly, supposedly, 60% of people would not be okay with the Browns going 8-8. Eight eight. I almost had an Odell Beckham Jr. moment, but then I hit me that I'm a normal human being. Um, how could you not be happy about 8-8? Eight eight? What do you guys truly expect? I mean, I know Baker doesn't want anybody to believe he said this, but we heard it through his own lips. If they jump the Ravens early and get a 14-17 point lead, they may have a chance to beat Baltimore on Sunday. Sure. Do I truly believe that they can get up 14 or 17 early on the, on the Ravens? I don't right now. But if they do, and you can peer your ears back and start hitting Jackson and not let them, you know, make him the threat that he usually is, you got a chance. But 8-8 eight eight to me, is, if 8-8 eight 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 to me, Zach, that is a great year considering all the hurdles that had to be overcome to get to this point. Uh- Think about everything that's working against them. Think about the history, recent and long. And think about that you don't... Yes, there are quick turnarounds in the NFL, but a lot of times it's teams that are established and they lost their quarterback for a year. 
or they needed to fire the coach and things got stale. You just generally don't show up going from fourth place to raising the trophy, right? Eight and eight would be a great step. Eight and eight would mean that you made progress, that you weathered it. And then hopefully, knock on wood, you get a normal offseason where you don't fire your coach, where you don't install new schemes, where you don't fire your GM, where you don't spend all this time introducing yourselves to one another, going in completely blind, playing a rookie left tackle against the Baltimore Ravens and maybe a rookie center too. You've actually established something, some momentum, some strengths, your bread and butter play, what works, what don't, what are our glaring weaknesses? Like all of that could go on. If the Browns are eight and eight, it's a successful year. Yes. Hey, what would our two favorite high school coaches do against the left tackle that's never played left tackle before? Blitz the shit out of them. <laughs> Show them a different look on every single play. Every play. Yes. The I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm cool with Jedrick Wills. I think I've watched him. He's got all the gifts. Eventually, be a good player, regardless of how Sunday goes. Keep in mind, and I understand. And I understand the pick by the Browns. I'm not against. Yes, him. I would have picked him too. But, but keep in mind the range of out the range of outcomes for his game Saturday is not good, okay, and bad. It's good, okay, bad, and holy fucking shit! Right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's He's a never played man. left tackle in a football right. game before. He's never played yeah. an NFL football game before. He's playing against and the Baltimore go, Ravens. Right. And then you're going to go against the one, one of the best coordinated defenses that football has had over the last 20 years. Forget the player names. Forget the Hall of Famers. Forget the guys that wear white suits that disappear and never show up again. They scheme defensively like no one else. Yes. Um, that's been one of the tough things for the Browns. They've been in the division. I know the Steelers haven't been as much. Uh, over the last maybe eight years as they used to be. But the scheme designs that you get from these defenses in AFC North are pretty high tech. And Will, may, he may be fine in the long run. And like I said, I don't have a problem with the draft pick. I don't have a problem with any of them. It just sucks that he has to play his first game like this in these conditions against them. And the other thing that, you know, that I look at with it, you know, there's certain positions in certain sports that you can't hide, right? Like if you're yeah. a rookie cornerback, can't hide. Rookie left tackle, can't hide. Rookie quarterback, can't hide. Most of us have no idea if the left guard is doing his job or not, or if the left tackle, or if the, the, left, the left guard or, or the defensive tackle or the linebackers, we don't know the damn scheme or what's going on. But I sure as hell know when the left tackle gets beat or that quarterback gets beat right. over the top. They're going to have to help him early. Hopefully they find out early on that he can handle whatever they're putting in front of him. But I think you've got to put the tight end over him for really the first half of the game because, as you said, it's not just A, B, C, D, or F. It's A, B, C, or, oh, shit, our quarterback's out for this year. Right, and, and, like, the Ravens are good enough at corner to where, I mean, everybody, you obviously take chances when you blitz, right? But right. they they take a lot less chances, which is why they had the number one blitz rate last year in many years because they're so good at corner that the rest of the scheme can fall in line. Right, they can trust right. those guys on an island to do what they do. So, it's listen, it's a hard opener, but you have to look and say we get it out of the way. We're gonna find out. We're gonna go. And and last year the Browns went into Baltimore and they smacked them right in the mouth. Now the Ravens didn't That's have Brandon Williams in that game, one of the best run stuffers in the league. The Browns actually had a coordinated offense. They stuck with handing the ball to Nick Chubb, and it worked. We'll see what happens this week. And then we never week, saw but, that again. And then we never saw that again. Yeah, and we never saw that again. So this week again is like. 
the first game you're going to erase is the first game of the year. Go in, give it a shot. It's your preseason game. Get the hell out, hopefully healthy, and see what happens from there. Right. All right. Um, I want you to go to the intelligence that's gone into making this season work. Then I want to talk a little bit about the running back's uh, contract extension. Kudos to, to Kareem and hopefully keeping his nose clean and staying straight. And Arrow, um, to me, I don't know if I – I, I want to say this the right way. I'm happy that the Browns signed him. I'm happy that for him. I'm happy for the team. But if I was the agent, I don't – but because of his past, I guess you got to take it when yeah. he's offered to you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm asking to answer my own question as it's coming out of my mouth. Go yeah, ahead. well, listen, if you're Kareem, here's why you take it. Because you weren't sure you were ever going to make a dime again playing football. Because you're rewarding the Browns' faith in you. And obviously you feel like this is where you have a chance to really succeed. Dre, he's still 24 years old. At the end of this contract, he's still going to be 27. If he's Kareem Hunt, top-level NFL running back, he's going to get paid again, right? If you're the Browns, you do this because it shores things up. You have the money right now, but it not only incentivizes Kareem Hunt to go out there and run his ass off, but it protects you if he does because otherwise you might have been in a franchise situation. You might have been worried about having to give bigger, longer-term money to a guy who is on his last strike? We haven't seen details, but you know there's protections written in this contract, right? If if Kareem gets in trouble again, I mean, I just think yep. this was a smart move all the way around. I, I I think the Browns have made really smart moves throughout the offseason. I don't love all of them. We could pick them all apart in a different format, and we'll start to do that going down the road. But I think Andrew Barry and the guys in charge have made smart decisions, and I think given the situation. They are as prepared for everything as they can be, and I think they smartly understand they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year and that it's about lining things up for the future. So that doesn't mean you're totally punting on this year. I don't know what your expectations should or shouldn't be. There's a wide range here, but I just think the Browns are looking at, okay, we're going to find out a lot about ourselves this year, and hell, history would tell them internally they're on the clock next year, right? Yeah, that's how it works. All right, let me ask you this. If you're Nick, Chubb, if I'm Nick Chubb's agent, and it's three o'clock on whatever day it is, Tuesday, day after Labor Day, I think I'd be calling Berea right now, Zach, and I'd be asking them what they see their future in the backfield as. And remember, people that are listening to this podcast, I'm calling as Nick Chubb's agent, not as Nick Chubb. The difference in how that call works and what yeah. the job of an agent is to do. Yeah. But if I'm Nick Chubb's agent, I'm calling right now, Zach, going. Okay, you gave Kareem that money. It's not, you know, it's not earth-shattering money. It's a hell of a statement to be making when you got one of the best horses in the league in your stall that deserves to get paid after about 16 more games. It, it sure is. I mean, Dre, one way to read this is that Nick Chubb lost a lot of money today. <laughs> right? Right. Like That's how I read it. That's why I'm calling the age. <laughs> <laughs> Another Nick Chubb season, 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns, means he was going to be in line for an extension of up to $50 million guaranteed. Will an analytically driven front office ever give that to a running back? I don't know. Can you make the argument that if you give it to any running back, it should be Nick Chubb? They ain't paying no running back that. Yeah. I don't want to cut you off. But you just said it. They are not giving a – and that's a shame. I love Nick Chubb, and I want Nick Chubb to be a Brown. But you just answered the question. Okay. In their mind, there's no way in the world they're paying a running back 50 mil. Yeah, no. Look, look, this was about – 
rewarding Kareem, and this was about solidifying the offense and, and making a smart decision to protect yourself down the road. But this was also part of that was leverage, knowing that what Christian McCaffrey just got, what Ezekiel Elliott Ooh. just got, what Derrick Henry just got, right, that Nick Chubb is eligible for all of that after this season. Nick Chubb is the perfect player. He's the perfect prospect. Love the guy, and he might be the exception to the rule, but too many teams have gotten sunk on running back contracts, right? Yeah. Too many. But you just said he, he – I know. And, like, and like, this isn't a Zach and Andre fight. This is just a Zach and Andre conversation. Mm-hmm. You just said he checks all the boxes, and he probably is the special one. You know, like he is – he's different from all the rest. And, I mean, and it's just the reality of life. We talk about reality of life in so many different aspects over the last six months. Um, and, and, unfortunately, as I've had told us for a long time, life ain't fair. Because yeah. if life was fair, um, you just would you would just tell Nick Chubb, write a number down, and you would, you, would, you know, sure. you would sign the check. Hey, right? and, I, and maybe he still gets it. I mean, maybe something happens with Kareem, or Kareem gets traded, or what? I mean, this does not affect or stop Nick Chubb from going out and running for 1,600 yards this year, right, and getting that deal. It's just a sign that the Browns are putting out there that says we're going to do this and protect ourselves here, and we'll see what happens on the other front, right? Right, right. I mean, it's, it's going to be intriguing. It's also going to be intriguing how they use both of the back period as well because, look, I've done these post-game shows. You know the numbers that give them a call in. Um, you know what happens? <laughs> what happens two Thursday nights from now? Where and, and and look, this is a rookie coach, first time coach, and I'm and I'm not trying to spark controversy in any sort, shape, or way. But I know how this thing works. First time Kareem Hunt gets you know 15 touches and Chubb only gets 12 touches. You know what's the, what's the, <laughs> what's the reaction going to be two Thursdays from now if that happens? You know what's the reaction going to be if to me those two you should find a way to get 30 touches between those two every night, and I, I mean that. And I don't give a shit who gets the 20 or who gets the 10 or who gets 15 and 15. Those are two of your best plays. No offense to the receivers, to the tight ends. To me, those are your two best surefire guys to move the ball, to keep the clock moving, and to help the whole team evolve and work. Just my opinion. I know it won't be followed. I know Freddie Kitchens doesn't have a job as a head coach, though, right now because he wasn't smart enough to take advantage of having those two skilled guys and taking advantage of the abilities that they both bring to the table. Hey, the Browns have a really smart front office, right, with a lot less ego than the last one. The Browns have a really smart coach who appears to be more aligned with the front office than any coach has been in a long time, who appears to understand that you can still win by running the football and have the personnel to do it, and who's been very impressive through all of that, right? All of those things are no true. Doubt. The guy hasn't coached a game. The guy hasn't encountered nope. a football controversy. The guy hasn't blown a clock management situation or tried to explain something away. And more importantly than not, the guy hasn't won a game when Odell has seven catches for 149 yards and two touchdowns, and then two weeks later lost the game when Odell has two catches on seven targets and has guys unhappy. Yeah, yeah. He has so another, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can sit here and we, we can sit here and throw all of this out there, but like this team has not experienced any of this. We have watched sure. the Browns major in the minor, not give guys enough time, hire the wrong guys to start with, meltdown, have PR disasters, have internal fighting, be totally outmatched for their jobs. Well, what what were we saying about those guys in the offseason? What was everybody saying? They got it right this time. 
They look smart this yeah. time. <laughs> they look aligned yeah. this time. We don't know. We don't know. And we'll start to see in the following Sundays. Yes. Um, I know last week you wanted to do a fantasy pod. My life just got busy with, with life. Yeah. Um, everybody's picked their teams now. I Just like we always tell everybody, nobody cares about your fantasy team. I've caught myself no longer falling in love with my fantasy team the week of the season. Um, so I've looked at the rosters. I know what I have, what we got. I know how we're going to try to win. I know my other team is the same way. But I'm, maybe it's just how this year has worked out. I'm staying as even killed as I possibly can at this moment. Yeah. Well, in the draft you're referencing where we're the three three zero galley boys, um, you knew it was an Ohio draft. Kareem Hunt went in the no. top five rounds. Right. J.K. Dobbins went in the top five rounds. Maybe those will be great picks, you know? Neither one of them is right. a starting running back on their own team, right? Like, hey, but, they, but, but I had to get them. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you just don't know um, so, so much this year. So fantasy football is fantasy football. Look, in terms of what teams don't know, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter, but John Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, um, he came out and talked about the Ravens studying the Browns training camp every day, not by directly admitting it, but by quoting the broadcast, by saying that Chubb yeah. and Hunt are the greatest, uh, is the greatest duo of running backs that the NFL has ever seen. Harbaugh came oh out and basically God. said, that's out there. The Browns have said it, and we got to deal with it. we got to tackle them, right? Oh, my God. I, I had a coach from another team text me last night and ask me, do you know so-and-so? And I said, the name sounds familiar, but I don't think I do. Why? And he said, well, he, he is a coach from a team that the Browns play in the first four weeks, and he has read every one of your articles over the last three weeks. Oh, my God. And oh it's not God. that he want, he was mandated by his GM and head coach. Like, this is, this is what they're collecting information. There's no preseason tape. It kept a lot of guys from getting claimed. Right. Right, like so they get to listen. They, listen to, they get to listen to, to Josh Cribs break it down. Twenty twenty, man. Yeah, I hate you and I love you. You're a mean son of a bitch. That's how you twenty twenty. Well, look, I mean, it, it's why, like, you know, the, the Browns practice on Monday was not even open for five minutes because of the regulations and because of the storms that came in and hit. Well, if Stefanski comes out and offers up the J.C. Treader practiced, and we'll see, they don't have to do an injury report. Of course there's going to be some gamesmanship there, right? I mean, right, maybe sure. they know he's going to play. Maybe they know he's not going to play. Maybe they really think that they have to test the knee on Friday. Either way, there's some gamesmanship there, right? Those no, corners, no doubt. if they come out and stretch on Wednesday and then they don't do anything else, you can list them as limited. You know, you don't, you don't have yeah, to tip your true. hand. So th- this is how it goes, and information is key in the NFL. It's such a copycat league. In any little edge you can get. What edge can you really get from knowing, like, who was on the flight on Saturdays in past years before these new rules? You know, I don't know. From really knowing what guys did or didn't do on a Wednesday, I, I don't know that answer. You know, but they're all in the business of trying, looking for every little edge they can get. Yeah, I mean, that's – I that's what <laughs> – it's like, I hate to laugh, but I know that this is how it's always been. But now it's like on steroids, right? I mean, they've always watched the like. There's nothing like doing those those training camp shows and having a coach the next day like make a snide comment to you. Oh, you think you know? Like, like I know that they all watch them or their wives watch them. Yeah. But now they're like breaking them down because I've heard of another team coach that'll go nameless on this podcast 
that literally was calling a TV station asking if they have more more tape to put, that they put their show together. <laughs> oh, I believe that 100%. And, and, I'm yeah. not, and I won't reveal who, how I know and all that, but I know of a guy that basically is calling TV stations asking, do they have more tape of the practices they covered that day? Yeah. I don't know if that's legal, Zach. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's absolutely not. Uh, there but were a couple times during right camp now. when just like fans, like I saw some 18-year-old kids get out of their car and just try to get a game, and the Browns had security out there to chase them away. You know, they don't know right. who's who and what's what. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, imagine being but, – but imagine being that intern coach, that first-year coach, you know, the guy that does all the, the dirty work, sleeps in his car – He's probably going and reading and going and looking off of Instagrams and Twitter accounts, right? Like that, I, I think most people are going to laugh when they hear this, but trust me, NFL coaches are that nutso on trying to find any little bit that they can on the, on the opposing team that there's somebody breaking down somebody's Twitter account right now or somebody's Instagram account right now that happened to be able to shoot some of practice. Yes, absolutely. Um, our guy Lynn Bowden from Youngstown got traded. A third round yeah. pick traded his first training camp. Uh, you know, Lynn, Lynn came with a reputation, some of it unfair. There was an incident at the house that Lynn grew up in in the off season. I don't know whatever came of that. I never got a straight answer on why the door was kicked in that day. It probably wasn't accidental. Who were they looking for? I don't know. They, right? They found guns. Um, and, the, and the FBI did find guns when they did get it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying like the the stuff's supposed to matter, you know, and and. Um, what Kareem Hunt did was despicable, remains despicable. It doesn't mean he doesn't mm-hmm. deserve a second chance. He's getting it. We hope that he does the best with it. You know, the fact is the Browns preach tough, tough, smart, accountable, right? And he's got to be that. And if he slips one more time, he's not going to play football anymore, right? right. So, right. like, the, these these decisions, the, I guess what I'm trying to say with all this is the line is really fine, right, Trey? Really, no, really no. fine. And no, no. in light of something you referenced and what was trending this morning and all of that, progress for the Browns. Forget 8-8. Eight and eight. Forget breaking down this position versus this position because right now they got two strong ones, two weak ones, and a bunch of them in the middle. Right? Don't be the fucking social media champs of the world. That'd be progress. Yeah. Even I, And I, I will quote this person, and I love him, and you know that he's not controversial, but even the last Boy Scout had to text me this morning. To start my morning off, and we're not going to get to the OBJ stuff. You guys know we don't do that. I made my snide remark, and I move on. Mm-hmm. Um, even the last Boy Scout opened up my this morning with, damn, right when I thought the Browns wouldn't be in the middle of all the stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, even the, the, the last Boy Scout, right. had to get, it wasn't even a dig. It was just him saying, you know, as a guy that's been on this on this job and lives far away, yeah. he still keeps up with what's going on with the – with the team in the orange helmets, and even he's like putting his, his face in his hands, going, "I can't believe that they can't get the season started without some more bullshit." No, it was no, three, pun, no pun intended. Yeah, it was three weeks ago today, I think, when Mac Wilson hit Nick Chubb in practice. Right? I said that's the right. day that Kevin Stefanski became the coach of the Cleveland Browns. Yep, you were <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's like, so true. It, it just is what it is. Like, right. Well, that's why you said he hasn't got any any any, any football problems. I'm like, no, nah, he hasn't got any of the Browns problems. Yeah, there's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, and and we'll see what lies ahead. So, listen, guys, um, I got to get out of here. We're excited for football, Dre. Um, that baseball team is playing pretty well. Um, yeah, just tell to, me this: they like, be in the playoffs. I've actually watched some the, the last few days. It's worked out, but 
Right. The playoffs are all but clinched, right? Yeah. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, it'll be the worst collapse of all. Sure. Sure. So in that regard, it's totally different. Like, I just kind of what's what's your what's the vibe on that? I guess. I mean, uh, I think it's kind of, it's kind of, you know what? We might have to do more of a pod on this later on because it, it, yeah, it, for in sure. a short answer, it's in a short answer. It, it's kind of cool. I know it's so different. And I, I get the purists out there. I heard somebody on the radio the other day begging for phone calls because he's a bad host and he's not a normal host. So don't worry. I'm not talking about anybody you guys like or anything else, but he was trying to compare basketball and, and, and major league baseball. Look, major league baseball is trying to do all it can to make money. Uh, that they lost in 2020, like all companies are, um, but also trying to grow, you know, get the get the eyes of the young people. And I think putting look, the Toronto Blue Jays have, it, as we speak right now, the Toronto Blue Jays have a great chance to make the playoffs. And we can have the discussion on on, on how much this matters and things of that down the road. But the Detroit Tigers came in in a week, like two and a half, one and a half, two games out of the playoffs, possibly. Are they that good? Are they going to win? A, are they going to win a World Series this year? No. But they've called up some of their young players. There's an excitement to be a Detroit Tigers fan, even though this year is very you call you whatever word you want to use you use. But there's excitement about Detroit Tigers fan for Detroit Tigers fans and their young players. Toronto Blue Jays. We've heard all this fanfare, and maybe this is a pro. And, and, and you can answer this and help me with this. Maybe this is part of the problem of selling baseball in the past. You could have a team like the Blue Jays that have all these these fun names and these and these guys that you know. But nobody gave a shit about him in October because they only would go 82 and 82 mm. in normal or 81 and 81 in normal years. Well, now all of a sudden, if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and, and Dante Bichette can come back from the IR or, uh, the list and he can play in a playoff game, whether they're that good or not or whether they're just above a 500 team, that's going to put eyes on the TV screen at the young youth of baseball. Look, Mike Trout is one of the best baseball players of all fucking time. Played in like one playoff series. Therefore, the average fan that's not going to watch nine innings barely has ever seen Mike Trout play a baseball game. You put him in a playoff game or a playoff series and he hits a big home run at a big time, suddenly that average casual fan will pay more attention to Mike to Mike, to, uh, Mike Trout. I guess what I'm saying is I know it's different. I know it's not for everybody. But I think what baseball is trying to do may work in getting a lot of young eyes to those TV screens. And hopefully it brings a new energy to the league and a new energy to baseball, period. I mean, tonight, I'm excited right now at 313. I'm getting ready to walk into the ballpark. I'm at the stadium right now. And I got to say, last night when I got home, please Zach did his job. I love where Zach's at mentally and how he's pitching. And it popped up on the screen when Jimmy, or it was actually Camino, was doing the sports. And I'm sitting there with my wife, and I see Tristan McKenzie's pitching today. Look, I work in this. I do this. I do this for a living. Um, I, I get, you know, there's a lot of days I'd rather sit at the pool with my kids and not drown. Um, there's a little, there's a little, there's a little, uh, there's a little hip in my step today, because I'm excited to see what this kid is going to do when a sports start. He may completely shit the bed, or he may go out and give ten strikeouts and dance the biggie in between innings. I don't know, but the kid brings a fun energy to the ballpark that we don't always get. So, I guess what I'm saying is these next three weeks should be, you know, they're not going to be, you know, March Madness. But I think on September 29th, when the playoffs start, you're going to get to see some players that you that that the Zach Jacksons of this world wouldn't sit around at three o'clock and usually watch on a Monday afternoon or a Wednesday afternoon. And I think that's a good thing for baseball. I totally agree with what you said there. And playoff baseball to me is good TV. So I'm I'm here for more of it when it starts. Like what three three four weeks from today? 
something yeah, like that. Yeah, September 29th. Yeah, so we're like yeah. Away. Oh, right. Yeah. That's yeah. that's right around the corner. Um, so, and the Indians have a young team. A lot of people don't know a lot about them. Can they? They barely can score. But shit, they don't let anybody score. So, I mean, they would be. I mean, the Yankees are right now are in third place, and and, and the Yankees may not make it. Toronto get scored ten runs on them last night, one inning. Um, there's Tampa Bay's in first place. There's been some cool shit that's happened in this weird, weird, weird year of baseball. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. We haven't barely talked any NBA, but we are about a week from Clippers-Lakers. I so, know. Um, yeah, yeah. Tell I'm here what, for man. that, too. I'm here for that, my too. Nephew put, my nephew put me on this before before the world went to hell. When he was staying with me in Arizona, and he texted to me last night, and he said, oh, I told you that Miami Heat team is going to be a problem. He was right. They're fun <laughs> to watch. Miami, yes, they are. Miami, and you may laugh, Miami may be in the NBA Finals, my man. I'm going to have to adjust my bedtime for Lakers Clippers, but I'm going to do it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like everybody getting mad. Stop comparing, uh, and we got to be quick on this. Stop comparing Giannis to LeBron. Yeah, we'll get um, it. We'll get into all that. Um, yeah, I mean, LeBron's I whole life is going to be on trial the next two weeks. You know that. It's just how it goes in this yeah, this industry, for sure. right? For sure, for sure. All right, everybody it's azpodcast.com. Don't be racist. Yeah, it's a to z podcast.com. It's facebook.com slash a to z podcast at Dre Not at Akron Jackson. Thanks as always to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks, AmericanFireworks.com. They're always open. Sunday, the Browns open this season in Baltimore. Sunday afternoon, Baker's going to kneel. 216 578 0092. We'll talk to you later. Woo!